0: For little creatures, all creatures welcome, this is The Warm Up with Warlow and Moons. Hello everyone, welcome to the Walmart for another week. My name's Matt and here with Cam Mooney. Massive show on this Saturday morning, as always, and a big weekend of footy coming your way. Moons, welcome back, mate. How are Hello, you
1: Wallo. I'm good, thanks, buddy. Can I still
0: see a bit of a shiner on your. Oh own
1: well, yes, they don't quite go away overnight. <laughs> let me tell you, no, it was good. It was a lot of fun. I know we spoke last week, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, myself and Tommy, we we spoke on the phone a couple of times, and um, yeah, we we're both thrilled with. How it all went. Obviously he was a little bit more thrilled than me. I reckon he might have been. But um is he gonna go, said, he's gonna go on and yeah, oh, mate, I don't know what he'll do. He should. Um he's just a big, big unit. He really yeah. is. And you know what I land, as I've said, I've landed some big, big shots on him and he didn't fall down he the big move. <laughs> it was, But uh, it was great fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now you do a good job, mate. Well done. We've got a big show coming up. Brad Johnson's gonna join us a little bit later on. We're sort of mid season at the moment. We've had the draft mm. during the week. We'll chat about that in a second. You've got your your uh moon's a six pack with the best rookie list of players of all time. Shocking list. Shocking list. See the names on here. (laughs) Brad Johnson's got his All-Australian side. He's rolling All-Australian side. So we'll touch on that a little bit later on too. Looking forward to that. And as I said, a big weekend of footy, including some local footy coming your way this morning. What did you make of the mid-season draft? It's, It's a nice to have. It's a bit underwhelming though, isn't it? Don't you reckon?
1: Oh, look, it is a little bit because, I mean, we're talking about some players that a lot of people just don't know. Yeah. like So it's not uh, it's not like the big names up and in lights. Gonna and they're not going to have impact straight away. No, exactly at right. At but it's fantastic for players. And I'm looking at the list now. Now, Quinton narkle is someone that obviously stands out for myself, being a Geelong boy. Um, you know, got delisted. Has all the talent in the world, Quinton. Like all the talent. Um, did he work hard enough? Well, that was always the question mark. Now, he's been given a second chance. And sometimes you just need basically have your foot, someone's foot put up your backside and for you to realise what you've lost and what you've now got again. And if he puts in the work, Port Adelaide have seriously found themselves a player.
0: I reckon they're confident enough to get something out of him. Does it come back to sometimes, and you say about not doing the work, but potentially was he struggled to get a game? Because, I mean, Geelong have had a solid list for quite some time. It's hard Um, to push through.
1: Look, I'm happy to say it. For my word is he was lazy. Okay. He was a lazy trainer. Yep. He uh, didn't work hard enough. Now, I hope he has changed that because I thought, and I think everybody thought, and everyone knows, he is extremely talented. Now, if he works his backside off at Port Adelaide, which I hope he does, he'll have a 200 games under his belt by the end of his career because he is a serious talent.
0: Wow. Looking forward to that. They're going well. The power, of that is for sure. Uh, Ryan Marrick from the Gippsland Power went number one to West Coast. So uh, good luck to all those guys that were in the draft. The trade has been talked about for a while, midseason yep. trade. I think, from my point of view, it's inevitable. I think, from everyone's point of view, it's inevitable. You, but in yep. terms of if you like it or not, it's a completely different question. I think it's a good thing. I think if you're dying for a a, a ruckman or you're dying for a key position player, be a defender and you've got a lot of injuries, and you might have... You know, three or four on your own list, say, say a Ruckman, then you might be able to get something back if you can yeah. give a player up. So I think it could be a good thing going
1: forward. Look, I've got no doubt, like yourself, that it's going to come into the game. I mean, any time the AFL is front page is, is a great thing. Yep. So this is another, and again, we're talking about this mid-season uh, draft. Now we're talking about a trade period. It's going to put the AFL on the front page of every paper in the country for, yeah. for a little period of time. So do it. That's what that's what the well, AFL. Well, they're smart.
0: Wants. Then they they do it. They try and sort of push out news across yes. all of the year. I mean, there's a period of about two weeks where we don't get much AFL, which is probably Boxing Day through to yeah. the first week of Jan. When the rest just kicks back in. All of a sudden, the season's about to start again. So they know how to manipulate, mm-hmm. putting out stuff that's going to make front and back page news.
1: So this is different to the NRL, where the NRL players can change clubs but still play for their club. Yeah. Until the end of the season. That's Which right. I don't think is a great look. I think that's a really bad look, and I think, you know, I think the NRL don't think it's a great look, but they still go ahead with it anyway. Yeah. So from an AFL point of view, you're not doing that. You're you're literally taking a player now and you're putting him in there straight away to a so, new club. So it just works a hell of a lot better, I yeah. think, than the NRL. System. It is
0: a cleaner break. No, yeah. no doubt about that. I guess um, one thing is, and you know, taking intel from one club to another. Mm. Some people would say that, you know, mid year if you're coming from say a Collingwood and you go and you go to a Port Adelaide or or a team within the mix, say um, Melbourne, mm. and all of a sudden you go, Well this is how Collingwood are breaking down, this is their game plan.
1: But I, I would think clubs will be very cautious of that. Uh, trading I guess what they always tell about trading to a contender. Yeah. Trading to another contender. So if you're Collingwood, are you going to trade somebody To Melbourne.
0: Well, you wouldn't give them a leg up.
1: To Brisbane. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, as you said, they're taking intel to that club. This is how such and such plays or, or whatever. This is their game plan. This is what they like to do in these situations. Probably not. No. So, more often than not, we are talking generally about, I think, it's the bigger teams or the teams in the finals who need someone for the finals. For a bit of a backup. So let's just use the Ruckman as example. So it's more Collingwood going right down to uh, one of the bottom teams, going, hey, you don't need that third Ruckman, but we, we probably need him as a backup coming into the final. Yep. So they're two teams that aren't going to go against each other come finals time anyway. I think you'll find more of it like that.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be a, a real need for that, for the back end of the season leading into the finals. I guess the only issue is that you've, if you've got to give something up to get it. So mm. it's all good and well to say, hey, we'll have your second or third Ruckman um, West Coast Eagles or whoever down towards the bottom North Melbourne. But what are you giving up as a Collingwood football club to try and get that? Is it future draft future picks? Future
1: draft picks, I would have thought.
0: Um, is it player straight up? Is it opportunity? As yeah. I think that'll come back to it too. It's about opportunity for players as well. It's not like the... the Premier League or soccer, yeah. where you get loaned out and come back. Oh, right. I well, you're not getting a game for Collingwood or Geelong this year. Mm-hmm. You would at the Cats at the moment with their injury list, but you're not getting a game for a top club at the moment because, you know, you're 25th to 30th player on the list in terms of quality. But if you went down to West Coast and North Melbourne, you'd be getting mm-hmm. a game, but it's not going to be a
1: loan out yeah, comeback. I think you'll system. find a lot of, okay, you use those two teams, as the example, West Coast and uh, Collingwood. Okay, West Coast, you'll give us your, say, Ruckman, and we'll give you a uh, player. 25th on our list, who's struggling to get a game, but he's in and out, but he wants to play full-time. He's going to be a really good asset for you guys. And in three years' time, he might get, be a really yeah, good asset. And you get pick such-and-such such for next year.
0: Yep. I think it would work yep. pretty well. I think in terms of cl- um, players going to clubs mid-year and having that intel, I don't see it, and you'd be able to tell me a lot more different. Say, a Quinton Arkell this year who's at the Essendon at VFL, mm. and there was a chance the Bombers were going to take him. He's going to Port. How much from a VFL point of view when he's there training and part of the program every week? Does he can he take Essendon? The VFL
1: and AFL really don't train a hell of a lot together. There are different times and different things like that. So, but it's more so if he left Geelong say last year and went straight to Essendon senior team mid year. Then yeah. he could have gone, okay, this is what uh, they like to do here and do there and all that sort of thing. That, that can happen, absolutely.
0: We always talk about this time of year. Should we have state of origin? We're, what are we going to no. do? They've got this going on. Interesting comment from Tim Watson during the week, uh, Caught it on SDN Breakfast. I, I really don't know that we need to continue to go back to looking at, okay, state of origin, you know, how
1: can we make it better? I think we've tinkered with it, and I just think that the people are voting with their feet, and they're saying, no, it's not what they want as a fan.
0: I agree. No. I don't think we really want it. Like I think it's a nice to have. You can have an All-Star game, but they don't work. It's like the NBA at the moment. Like that All-Star game's just gone to absolute crap now. Yes, like so it's just 140 <laughs> points each back end to end stuff. Like it's Well, it's actually it's an exhibition.
1: It first to 170 or something. Like, it's <laughs> like ridiculous. It's, yeah, it's no good. So, and
0: that that eventually over time, that'll get to a stage where mm. clubs like where we sit in the AFL right now, we just don't want to give up players to play no. from our own football clubs to play in those games that don't mean anything at the moment for us. And or, origin's it's gone. Put, and it, yeah, it's gone. Oh, origin's and it, gone. And you just don't get as opposition. You know, like, say a Nick Dacos played for Victoria hmm. or a Paddy Dangerfield played for the Victoria and went down in that game and missed six weeks or the rest of the season. Like, it would just, that, you know.
1: No, it's, it's just not going to happen from an point of view. The, the, the origin has gone, all right? It's gone. Let's just not keep bringing it up. It works very well, extremely well in the NRL um, because they, 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 is their passion it is their pride. I mean I, I've spoken to Billy Slater a couple of times about this and I said rank your jumper uh, in order your jumpers in yep, order. Yep. And he had Queensland number 1, he had Australia number 2 and Melbourne Storm number 3. Yeah, right. So that's that's how important it really is for. And yes and they just do it so well it's brilliant. I love it. I'm a New South Wales boy so I grew up watching it. But from an AFL point of view, it's just not going to happen. Our game is too stacked. Our season is already too long, even though people say the NRL season is longer. But it's a different game. I, we, players just cannot play the amount of football that we play time-wise yep. and then chuck in another game that's... It just doesn't have the passion or the meaning that it does in the world. Well, other one
0: area. reason why we don't have the passion is that we've we've we're actually split across the nation somewhere. Yeah. So New South Wales, Queensland, we're, we're they're just hard. We're, we're
1: six teams.
0: Yeah. So we can't well even if you even if you brought it down to three, right? Western Australia, South Australia and Victoria, even if you looked at yeah. the absolute footy states who have you know, strong yes. teams, strong numbers, if it was Victoria and South Australia and it was ongoing forever. And it was just they're the two footy states. Mm. You could you could build and you could have yeah. that hatred between the two states and, and do it. Which it, you know, in the past it has been some of that in the 90s, probably. Coming up on the show this morning. Brad Johnson's going to join us. He's got his rolling All-Australian team. We're going to check on that. And also a big game this afternoon. As the Bulldogs take on the cats at Marvel, that's going to be an absolute ripper. We'll touch on a bit of that. And Moons is six-pack coming your way. For little creatures. All creatures welcome. This is the warm-up with Warlow and Moons. For little creatures, all creatures welcome. This is The Warm-Up with Warlow and Moons. Still plenty to come this morning. Brad Johnson's going to join us very soon. He's always happy. I think he would be happy that dogs are going. A big game against the Cats coming up later tonight at Marvel Stadium. We'll touch on that game in just a moment, all thanks to Little Creatures. All Creatures, welcome. Moons, your six-pack's coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Touching on the best rookie players.
1: Unbelievable. Of all
0: time. There's a very good list. Unbelievable there. list, to be honest. Yeah, Actually,
1: Jono and I are working together tonight for Fox, for the for the Dogs-Cats game.
0: And you have to drive. There could be a punch-on. On, from Geelong could to Melbourne punch to watch the, the game in the studio back in Geelong. There could be a punch-on the night. Yep, I reckon there might be. It might be one you win.
1: Thanks, mate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's take a quick look at this round of footy. Uh, as we said, the Bulldogs Geelong tonight, that's the round of the match. It's a big one for the Cats. They've lost three on the trot, mm. four. This would be, if they lose tonight, four in a row, first time for something like, I don't know, 10 years or plus since they've done just that. 2006, it, I reckon. It yeah, it, I think you're right, actually. I heard that mm. during the week. Where are they at the moment? The Cats? They drop this. It's going to be hard to get back. They're well, they're in trouble. Draw they're the they're in year. trouble.
1: That's that's where they're at at the moment. Uh, obviously, a really poor start to the year. Hit some great form. And I think when they hit that really good form, they had all their players firing. They had a really good injury list. Everyone just thought, okay, this is the Geelong that we're waiting for. Yeah, they're going to be fine. Absolutely injuries hit again and it doesn't matter who you are if you've got injuries to key players you're done in this game because it's just so hard uh, their last three weeks haven't been great obviously and then you talk about okay Bulldogs tonight looking at four in a row for a loss then you have a buy. then they've got Port over there that could be five in a row Melbourne That's at, at home. home Yep, could be six in a row and then uh, up up in Sydney after that. Like
0: you play the Swans maybe the SCG. a bit of maybe a bit of relief yes, but it's but at the SCG, SCG on a just, Friday just night it's always
1: tough. North Melbourne, Essendon, Brisbane, up at the Gabba, Fremantle, at home, back at Port again or back at against home against Port, Port
0: Collingwood at the MCG. Saint Kilda
1: Bulldogs. So it's a really hard run, really hard run and I thought going into the GWS game last week if they get that win, fantastic because we know they got a really tough draw. They needed that one. I had no problem with Geelong finishing in the bottom half of the top eight. I don't
0: think anyone did. I and
1: think. as long as they got their players back, they found some really good form, like that, that five week form that we saw in the middle of the, at the start of the year. If we saw that going into the finals, I had no problem with saying that Geelong could run the table from the elimination final. Yep, no problem. And
0: I think everyone, I yeah. think everyone felt that way. I know you know, see a lot of people go right. Let's just get it back on track. Get enough wins. We've got a few games we just at home. need to make slip it into some the form eight, finish, and some players. Finish will okay. seventh. You know, nothing to, wor- to worry about. But all of a sudden, what was great for them last year when they built up for the back end of the year, and it was like, what, we're preparing for finals. Mm. In the past, we've probably... Paddy Dangerfield came out and said, we probably haven't been quite right at that time of the year. No, last year, not. their run was perfect. They led into the finals beautifully. But this year, they're in a position now... Where every game becomes a must-win, yeah. so you can't hold back anywhere. You can't look, rest, guys. They lose
1: tonight, have a bye. They lose against Port. You've almost got to put a line through them. You've almost—that's six in a row. Mm. You can't play finals football losing six games in a row on the back of a three loss in a row at the start of the season.
0: They've got um, a few coming back after the bye from injury. Paddy Dangerfield apparently was close this week. Yeah. You've risked him.
1: Uh, this oh look, no. No, because I, we talk about, yeah, we're talking about sitting there saying, you know, four or five losses in a row, they're done. But you're still giving yourself a chance when he comes back fully fit to make a run home late, along with, you know, you get Radagalia back in, who's obviously missing this week. I mean, for how long, I'm not sure.
0: Well, like last year, they can get on a roll and put those games together. The I, winning streak last really year was camp.
1: amazing. Yeah, and you got still got Duncan to come back in. Guthrie, um, to, come back Guthrie back in. to come back in. Guthrie to come back in. Rowan to come back in. So, you they're, they'll start to get their players back in. Obviously, DeConan came back in last week. Um, little things like that. They'll start to get everyone back together. And you know, they're, they're, clearly, their best is good enough to beat the top four teams. We, we know that. Yeah. So, we look at their draw in the back half and go, geez, that's a tough draw. Yes, it is. But if you get your players back and they find all, a bit of form, a lot of ifs and buts, obviously. But if they do... I've got no problem with them beating Port Adelaide later in the year, beating the Breston Bulldogs at the end of the year, uh, pushing Collingwood, maybe even beating Collingwood. We know they can do that. Beating St. Kilda. All of these teams, beating Fremantle, these teams that are in their last five weeks, they can beat these teams. So I'm not worried about that. If they get everyone back. If they don't, well... But the next couple of games, next two or three games, yeah. are, are the real important you need ones. To, and the, this is why the GWS game last week hurt so hard yep. for, for Geelong people because... At home, against a team that probably not isn't going to play finals. Isn't in, isn't a great team, let's be honest. But they just had a really good game. They they stepped up for Toby. Toby stepped up for himself. Yeah. And, you know, they, they got a loss there, which really shouldn't have happened. Yeah.
0: Let's have a quick look at the rest of the round. Uh, Port Adelaide and Hawthorne this afternoon. That should be, you think, Port Adelaide. Although Might Hawthorne watch. have played some good footy. West Coast Collingwood. That is over in Perth. Mm-hmm. That's the Twilight game. I think the pie is too strong there. Are they
1: resting, Collingwood?
0: Uh, they've got a few. They're resting. A couple of debutantes, too, I think, yeah, or great. one debutante in that side. But they're resting a couple, and uh, Steel Sidebottom's going to be out for six to eight weeks with that yep. knee injury. But they should get the job done. Interesting game tonight Gold Coast Adelaide. So Gold Coast winning last week uh, in Darwin. They play in Darwin again this this Saturday mm-hmm. tonight, sorry, against the Crows. Now, the Crows. Everyone's got them going pretty well, and I agree they are going well, but they cannot get an away win, no. Adelaide. So this is really important, but tough conditions in Darwin.
1: Look, this is the run. I think this is the one out of everything game that's probably the biggest 50-50. I mean, GWS Richmond as well on Sunday. Rankin playing against his old yeah, team Yeah, this well. one here is just like, which way do you go? Because, Port, I mean, Gold Coast are a pretty good nick. They really are. Had a really good win last week. Um, up there again, I've got, I'm actually picking Gold Coast for this one, but I think Adelaide have been sensational. and I love what they're doing.
0: I agree, but they've got to bank those wins at some stage. The Giants will play the Tigers that Sunday um, afternoon. And this is S- the problem. You
1: get to the middle of the year and you're starting to get these nothing games. Yeah, they're a bit whatever at the moment.
0: Um, and Essendon, North Melbourne. Now, the Bombers, for me, Sunday twilight, they need to make a statement against yes. North Melbourne. North Melbourne showed some signs, some positive signs last week. You know, but they're still off it, clearly. The Bombers need to come out and say, we want to play finals, you. we're going to win this game by 10 goals.
1: And, and they should, really. I mean, you're spot on. This is a team that we've been talking about for a long time. When are they going to start coming in? And their year has been fantastic under Brad Scott so far. Uh, but again, statement game. Come out and let everyone know that, yeah, we are the real deal and we want to play finals. And absolutely put to sword a team that is really struggling. Yep.
0: All right, let's get into your six-pack. Moons' six-pack. For Little Creatures, all creatures welcome. That's right, all creatures welcome. All thanks to Little Creatures. All up, right, grab a pizza or any schooner every Wednesday and Thursday at Little Creatures for just $25. Little Creatures, all creatures welcome. Moons, this week we're taking a look at your six pack, mm-hmm. the top six best rookie list of players of all time. Let's push uh, through. What do you got at six for well, us? Well,
1: seriously, I had some names to pick from. Just a couple of uh, guys who missed out. Uh, Maxie Rook. I couldn't put rookie in there. because, God, I love him. He's, he's arguably one of my favorite, most favorite uh, teammates. Uh, Josh Gibson was another one. Just couldn't quite slip in there. And Mark, oh, yeah. Blit, Mark Blitzarps. unlucky. Yes, I'll tell you what, if he finished his career the way that he's still going, he'd be in the top six easily. So at number six, I had a man that I played on a, a number of times, and he's just was just so brutal and hard to play against because he was such a tight defender. Is Dale Morris. Yes, okay. From the Western Bulldogs. 253 games, All-Australian, premiership player, and arguably the nicest man that you'll ever meet on the planet Earth. Like, just an incredible person, but just a tough defender. Pick number 19 in the
0: 2005 Mm. rookie draft.
1: Number five, one of the great taggers of all time, the second greatest tagger, in my opinion, behind Cameron Ling, Brett Kirk. Now, he was one of the reasons uh, behind the Bloods at Sydney. He was just this unbelievable leader, unbelievably hard, tough, uh, just uncompromising midfielder, tagger, 241 games, a couple of best and fairest, All-Australian Premiership player. He was incredible. At number four, I had another Bulldogs man who just had an incredible career, Matthew Boyd. Yes. Still 192 292 understand. games. He's, he's actually coaching over at Fremantle now with my great mate Joel Corey, and just a, another person that when I worked at the Bulldogs for a couple of years, you just find out just how good of a person that he actually is.
0: Number 23 in the 2002 yeah. rookie draft.
1: Three-time best and fairest, three All-Australians, premiership player. Number three, the tip rat. Stevie Mel. Now, this man didn't have any right to kick 574 goals. Like that is unbelievable. He was a four-time leading goal kicker at a club that had Nick Rewald at it. Two All Australians uh, on the back of two hundred and seventy-five games. He was as he might just be the best small forward that I think I've seen play the game. Pick number twenty-three in the two thousand rookie draft. He was incredible. Now this man had no right to have an AFL career. Matt Prittis. Yeah, right. Slow. Yes. Couldn't kick. Kicked over a jam tin. (laughs) <laughs> and yet, he played 240 games. He won a brown low, best and first All-Australian. Like, it's unbelievable the fact that he did what he did with, and this is all due respect because I think he's an absolute star, with the lack of ability that he had compared to other great midfielders in, in the, so in he the competition. He was picked
0: 31 in 2006 rookie draft.
1: Now, now number 11. one, now this bloke, uh, oh, sorry, and Aaron Sandlins was another one that was just very unlucky, but he was just huge. Dean Cox. Yes. Yeah, the star. best rookie-listed player to go on and have one of the greatest careers in the AFL, one of the greatest ruckmen in the last 20, 30 years, uh, may be the greatest ruckman in the last 20, 30 years, 290 games, six All-Australians, best and fairest, Uh, winner and also a premiership player. Coxie was an absolute genuine superstar.
0: Pick number 28 in the 2000 Mm. rookie draft. Absolute superstar was Dean Cox. There's your top six. That is Moons' six pack all thanks to Little Creatures. Best rookie listed players of all time. Stay with us. Plenty to come this morning. to touch on some local footy and Brad Johnson to join us next. For Little Creatures, all creatures welcome. This is The Warmer with Warlow and Moons. For little creatures, all creatures welcome. This is The Warm-Up with Warlow and Moons. Still plenty to come this morning. Local footy update not too far away. And the marketplace we're buying and selling. Got some good ones this week. I think you've got uh, a co-host of yours oh, on yes. The Bounce lined up this week. Gazy. Absolute legend, Gazy. So we'll get to that uh, very soon. All thanks, little creatures. All creatures welcome. Speaking of people welcome, this man, he could be the happiest man, I don't know if in the world, but definitely the footy community. Brad Johnson, the Bulldog Champion, joins us on the line. Jono, welcome, mate. Good morning. How are you doing?
1: Uh, good morning, Mac. Good morning, Moons. How are you guys? Hello, Bradley. Hey, we're working together tonight. How exciting.
2: I know. I'm looking forward to uh, to that. And I think we might even have one over the weekend as well, Moons, which, yeah. is, um, which is even better. So I uh, get to spend the weekend with yourself is always nice. Maybe you get. Pick me up and we drive down at, uh, Drive down
0: together from G-Town, mate. Right? Love it. That'll be great. <laughs> hey, mate, during the week, um, we saw your rolling All-Australian side. So we're pretty much halfway through the year thereabouts. The buyers are hitting us uh, now. Um, it's interesting because during the week, Champion Data also came out and had their team, uh, which was a bit of a stinker to say the least. But uh, look, there's obviously they base theirs <laughs> off numbers. We're having a look at your side. Do you somewhat do the same? What's your approach when you're putting that rolling All-Australian team together?
2: Yeah, no, doing it from, doing it from round one. It's been, it's been great fun, number one. Uh, I, mean, I did have a little bit of fun early on, uh, dropping some players as well. That, yeah. was, that was always, uh, a bit of, uh, and I dropped a lot early. Uh, you had to be in good form to, to play But no, I, I honestly look at the eye first and, and just look at the way that they're, they're playing and, and controlling their, their, from a defensive point of view, their opponents or the wingmen are getting back and supporting defence and working through the lines and, and watch a lot of the games to, to make sure that, you know you're on point with who's playing well, and then yeah you need some stats to back it up, but they don't um, they don't drive my decision making in who I've got uh, in in my lineup. So and look at you know I I dropped um, a Wilkie this week in in terms of what he was what he's done for the last couple of weeks for the Saints. He's been good all year. Mm. He's in the All Australian squad. He's just been replaced by Liam Jones, who's had a, a better month than himself. So. You know Harris Andrews is under a little pressure. I haven't got Sard in the back pocket, who's been there for most of the year, and Tommy Stewart's replaced him. So there's just those things that that happen throughout uh, throughout the you know two or three week period where you've got to be playing really good footy to, to stay in uh, stay in the lineup.
1: No, it's a fantastic team, John. i just having a look at it here, and you're right. As the next player, you've got to go on your, on the eye test. I think that's the most important one when you're doing these teams. And yes, then you can go to the stats and hopefully they'll back you up and all of those type of things. But when you're looking at it as a player, you've got to... Because you, you know stats aren't everything in a game. Everything in a player. So you've got to have the eye test. And I love the Liam Jones inclusion. I mean, just talk about him at the moment on the back of missing a year of footy, coming back in, probably struggled early to get the, uh, I guess, the rhythm of the game. But his last month has been exceptional.
2: Yeah, it's been it's been huge. You're right. He's he's got back to his, his very best. He's always had that that power, and he hasn't lost any of that. And you know the the what he's doing to to shore up the the bulldogs' defense has been excellent over that period of time. The the dogs are extremely hard to to score against. Last week was the most they've had kicked against them in six weeks. Um, it was a, down to about sixty three points I think mm. against for the bulldogs. So he was a big part of that. Of course, he, he helps. Uh, you know that that back half and, and, he, and he compresses the ground really well also and he's, he's quite uh, assertive in his, in his approach to playing he always has been in that role but I think it suits uh, suits the Bulldogs when they play a forward half game Liam Jones can really just set them set them up and he's he's been excellent so far.
1: Well, John, let's be honest from a Bulldogs point of view, it's been their Achilles heel for years that that back half and being yeah. I guess having marks taken against them in that back fifty.
2: Yeah, that's right. It's, you, you're spot on, Moons. You know, like they they struggled against when the opposition had two, sometimes three, you know, key forward um, players. And they just didn't have the the personnel to do it. Ryan Gardner will, will fight the fight, no question. And they just had some undersized defenders playing against some absolute beasts. So Liam Jones has been a great addition to be able to just shore up that. Look, they tried Josh Bruce back there at the start of the year. And I think that was, that was working quite well. Also, he started to settle in before he got injured. So he makes his way back to footy now through the VFL and, and will hopefully find his way back into the lineup in the in the near future. So that was something else they had to they had to try to, to see if that would work. And um, if Liam Jones does break down at any stage they do have one or two others that can that can replace him but hopefully he stays fit for the entire year.
0: Just a quick one on your rolling all Australian side. Do you know how many players you've had rolling through there this year?
2: Oh, good question. Um no, not not off the top of my head, but I there's, there's been a lot that have actually stayed in the side or, yep. or gone out for one or two weeks and come come back in. Like Clayton Oliver's been awesome throughout this entire season. Right, he's out injured at the moment, so I've just replaced him, and we'll see if he comes back firing. And he probably steps straight back in if he has a you know a big two or three week uh, period. And it's been the Port Adelaide boys, Butters and Rosie, that have actually caused me the most grief because I've I've had mm. to get them in because of the way that yep. they're they're playing. So there's some unlucky guys like Sarong or Merritt in the midfield that just aren't you know getting a. Getting a go at the moment, and up forward has probably been a little bit more settled in in recent times. And you know, Papley is always thereabouts. Rankin is one that's been in and out uh, with his with his form, but settling settling it down at the moment. And Jared Healy's had a big say in having a second ruck as a as a forward. That's why Joe Danaher sits there at the moment. He's, he's influenced me to uh, mm. to put a second ruck in the team.
1: <laughs> that's fair enough because Joe's actually since he went into the ruck about I think it might have been around three or four he has been fantastic. He's actually, he's this is probably the best I've seen him in his career for a long, long time.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a great call because he, he's playing awesome foot in your right, Moons. He's getting up around the ground. He's more engaged in the in the game. Uh, you can see that's actually helping his engagement, his body language on field with his teammates as well. I think it's really positive uh, for, for himself and, you know, he goes then down forward and he's, uh, you know, he's already seen the game. He understands, you know, his, his role within it on match day and he's, he's having an influence. So, He's um he's been super. I watched him in Gather Around up at Mount Barker, and that's probably where it started to turn a little bit for Joe against North Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. they they smashed him that day, but from then he's really held warm and and been quite outstanding.
0: Let's quickly turn our attention to the dogs and the cats. We've spoken a fair bit about the cats and their draw and their injuries, leading into this weekend and for the back end of the season. For the dogs, though, it's a it's an opportunity. It's a, they're there for the killing. I this
2: is a huge opportunity. I think the the Bulldogs. You know, missed an opportunity last week against the Gold Coast up in up in Darwin where they started well and uh, and then had a four-second quarter. Gold Coast worked their way back into it and the Dogs weren't able to, to run over them. And when you talk of ladder position and fighting for a top four, and we know how important that is, that was an opportunity lost. And this is a, a big separation game for the Bulldogs. I think they sit on 28 points, the Cats sit on 20, and they've got a lot of players that are out uh, injured at the moment. And it's been weighted with Leah hurting his hamstring as well. So this is this is big for the dogs. They can jump to 32, keep the reigning premier down in 20 points, and and really put some uh, pressure back on the Geelong Footy Club, which has caused some headaches over the last couple of years, that's for sure, in not being able to, to defeat this team, and they're, they're right for the picking. So the Bulldogs have to be really ruthless, I think, in their approach to this one, and they should be able to get the victory.
1: It's going to be some amazing matchups in this game tonight, Jono, but the one I'm looking at uh, from a midfield point of view, obviously, is is who's plays on and pelly and you would think Blitzars would be the obvious choice to run with him. We know Bont's impact has just been incredible this year, along with Libba, but is that the is that I guess is that the matchup you're looking for through the midfield?
2: Yeah, I think so, Moons. You 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 can't really see anyone else at the moment where Geelong will throw someone in there that's a little bit different, that's got the height and also the strength and running ability to to put some pressure on, you know, the bond going the other way going forward, which which Mark can do quite quite comfortably in in a game. So yeah, that's I think that's a that's probably one matchup that we will we will certainly see and Look, they might even throw him around the ruck with Tim English at times, to be honest with you, because Tim English's movement around the ground and, and what he's being able to do, um, not just in the ruck, but once it leaves the area, has been quite outstanding all year. So, you know, Segler will play that role to start, but then from there, Blitzards may become just another mid to, to um, compete in the ruck and then try and hurt the Bulldogs going the, going the other way.
0: Interesting result tonight. If Geelong win, they sort of find themselves sort of hanging on and, and get some players back after the bye uh, if the dogs lose, on the other hand, too, they sort of go back into the pack. So it really is a one of those eight-point games where they can find themselves back in the mix or the dogs could find themselves pushing further into the top eight. Let's have a look. Um, look, get your tip quickly before we move on. I'll ask you a bit about State of Origin. You, you got the dogs tonight?
2: Uh, yes, I've, I've got the dogs. Unfortunately for the cats, they their injuries are just hurting them at the moment.
0: Mate, um, we had State of Origin during the week we spoke about off the top of the show. New South Wales and Queensland, there's always talk about what's going to happen in the AFL. It's not going to happen. We know that. We've probably moved past it somewhat. But for you, you were you're sort of the, played in the back end of the State of Origin when it was still happening for Victoria. Talk us through what it meant to the players and what the feeling was like when it did actually finish up.
2: Uh, it, was, it, it, meant, it meant the world, honestly. we. We come through junior football and you represent your state, and then and then it's gone now at senior level, which still surprises me a little bit. I still can't get my head around that. As as a junior, you get to that ultimate peak of of representing your state, and then when you reach the the top level, you don't get those opportunities anymore. It's something that I I really valued as a as a player, and the relationships that you that you forge are just unbelievable. Look, I was younger when I was playing state footy, so. You know, I the likes of Steve Sylvani and Robert Harvey that I'd that I'd watch, and you know, and then you play for international rules, and you've got Nathan Buckley running around, Mark Rishuto, Andrew McLeod, these guys that are just superstars that you learn yeah. so much And it. It probably actually came to head for for me this week. Moons Smith turned fifty, our great mm. mate! He um, and half the videos were honestly from guys that for his night. Half the videos were guys that he played state footy with or international rules with that he's got an unbelievable yeah. relationship with. So that's. And that, I was just thinking to myself then, wow, that's what these, these guys in the AFL world don't really get that uh, opportunity uh, anymore. And I'd love the rivalry. I, I'd love it. And, and I know the clubs talk about injuries and bits and pieces. For me, there's been one significant injury in, in, um, in state of origin footy, and that was Tony Hall back in, the, back in the day. Other than that, I can't really think of any off the top of my head. And, yeah. um, so I, I'd, I'd love to see it back, of course. We, we understand where. <laughs> it's probably not. But it always comes up this time of year when you see what the uh, the rugby league boys are doing and how passionate they are about representing their state in football.
0: No, it would be great, but uh, yeah, I think we're sort of gone past it, unfortunately. But we spoke off the top of the show about having two states that are passionate about it. We're in a position, lucky position, we've got three really strong footy states and be difficult to try and um, you know drive, I guess, that competition between just the two or, or bring the three involved. Mate, enjoy the footy. You and Moon's have got the uh, Bulldogs and the Cats tonight at Marvel Stadium. Thanks for joining us, mate, and good luck with your rolling All-Australian. We'll get you back on at the end of the year to see how it all, all fares for you.
2: Nah, thanks, Brady. Thanks, Moons. I'll
0: see you tonight. Yeah, you don't you, Johnny. Bulldog legend Brad Johnson joining us on the warm-up this morning. All thanks Little Creatures. Order up, grab a pizza or any schooner every Wednesday and Thursday at Little Creatures Geelong for just $25. Little Creatures, all creatures welcome. Some local footy up next and the marketplace not too far away. For Little Creatures, all creatures welcome. This is the warm-up with Warlow and Moons. Local footy wrap for Times Footy. Your home ground for local footy. Visit timesfooty.com.au. Yeah, that's right. Time to take a look at some local action for the weekend. All thanks to Times Footy, your home ground for local footy. And joining us from the Geelong Times is Vinnie Van Orshot. Vinny, welcome to you, mate. How are you going?
3: Yeah, going well, thanks, Matt. Happy Saturday. Full fixture of footy coming up. It can't get much better than that.
0: Yeah, good to have everyone back on deck this weekend. Let's start with the GFL. Uh, Newtown taking on St. Mary's. At close rivals. Match of the round.
3: Well, the GFL is back this week uh, with some cracking matchups, but we'll start with the biggest one of them all. Uh, Newtown versus St. Mary's, number one the number two at Eldersley Reserve. Both teams should prove to be a handful for one another. Newtown was one of the best forward lines in the competition. St. Mary's was arguably the best midfield. But I reckon premiership experience will prove to be the difference here with the Saints to come out on top in that one. Uh, We go through the rest of the matches through Round 7. Leopold heads out to West Oval to take on Geelong West where they should get the win. Bell Park and South Barwon, that should be a close one. Bit of a coin flip between those two sides, but I'll give it to South Barwon. Lara has been good this season compared to previous years, but I'm doubtful they can get past Colac at home later today. And St. Joseph's will comfortably get past the windless St. Albans. But I'm also penciling in North Shore to get past Grovedale and finally secure their first win of the season. There
0: you go. North Shore in a bit of an upset there. Let's have a look at the BFL. Barwon Heads, the reigning premise, taking on the Kangaroos in Anglesey this weekend.
3: Yep. And uh, BFL Round 9 doesn't get much better than that. A resurgent Anglesey side. We love to see it. Um, but they'll take on a very, very informed Barwon Heads side who's only lost one game this season and I'll probably have to give it to Bowen heads in that one, but the home field advantage They should continue their impressive season against the resurging ruse uh, A lot of worry fresh off an impressive win last week should quite comfortably emerge triumphant over a struggling ocean grove side. Queenscliff and Port Arlington will duel it out in Queenscliff, but the Cooters should secure their fourth win of the season in that one. Sunday's lone game, between Drysdale and Newcombe, which should be won by the Hawks, will cap off a lively atmosphere, raising awareness for fly M&D at the Hawks' second annual Big Freeze Geelong. Um, and Torquay, Geelong Amateurs, taking on each other at Queen's Park as well. Torquay, no captains this week. Obviously, James Darkey went out a few weeks ago against Port Arlington with an ACL injury. And co-captain Ben McNamara is a late out today as well, but the Tigers should remain undefeated against Amos in that one.
0: There's been some interesting games or results, I should say, in the GDFL. Big game this afternoon, bell post till East Geelong looks like the match of the round.
3: Yeah, well, East Geelong were convincing winners against Belmont last week, but the Panthers are riding an extra week of rest, which makes today's clash between two of the top sides in the GDFL an interesting one. Um, But Will Ford, Dylan Whitney, Bo Bo Collins, they've all been really good for the Panthers this season. But I reckon East Geelong's forward line of Zach Smith and Jake Watson-Steele should be a little bit too much for Belpost Hill's back line. Not to mention Whitley medalist Tim McLennan is back in the side for the Eagles this week as well. Um, Geelong West, though, they will have Keith Ward-Blake-Side back this week. It'll be his season debut against... North Geelong, uh, Geelong West should come out easy winners in that one due to that fact alone, Inverley and Belmont, both wearing newly unveiled First Nations uniforms today. will battle it out in Inverley, but the Hawks should take that one. Thompson eager to get back into the win column against Winchelsea today. The Tigers should elevate to seven wins following that encounter. Expect another one-sided result against Anarchy as well. Bannockburn will head out there where they should come out easy victors. Um, But this week's upset of the round for the GDFL might exactly happen at Galvin Park. So Werribee Central will be hosting Corio. Corio has been somewhat solid this season with three wins from seven games and could take advantage of a Centurion site that was uncharacteristically disappointing last week against Inverleague.
0: Well, there you go. Massive weekend of local footy. And well done, mate. Comprehensive report there. Looking forward to all of that action. And you can too, for all thanks to Times Footy, get the latest footy teams and results online. Receive them in your inbox for free every Friday and Monday morning. Just visit timesfooty.com.au. Vinny, enjoy the footy, mate. We'll catch you next week.
3: Yeah, you too, Matt. Have a good one.
0: All right, time now on the warm-up to take a look at the marketplace buying and selling in the world of sport this week. Moons, let's start off with selling this week because I think we've got a good couple of buyers coming out. What are you selling this week?
1: Well, did you know there's a test championship on... Well, I, Did you, well, have you heard about it? I this?
0: knew it was on because Does anybody know I this is on? reached out to our great mate of the show, hasn't been on before, but he's going to be, Merv Hughes, mm-hmm. who landed during the week and said, love to come on and talk about it, but it is poor timing. It's about yes. probably midnight there as we speak in England. So he's over there for that and the Ashes are coming up. But realistically, we haven't heard anything no. about it. So
1: for those who don't know, and there's a lot of people out there that wouldn't, India will play Australia for the number one test spot in the world. Yep. Five, five one day recall. one-off test. In England, yep. Nobody knows about this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Has anybody actually had a good run in? Like the guys are playing IPL. Yep, we've We're had a few Aussies play county cricket. There's Steve a couple Smiths. over there for county cricket. But that's about it. I mean, look, I when it first came out, I thought, yep, great idea. I love it. Fantastic. But there's if there's no hoo-ha about it, then who cares? Yeah.
0: It doesn't really mean that everyone wanted to have something. You gotta you gotta yes. crown someone and or I, and play I get for a that. Reason. And I wanted that. Yeah.
1: But yep. you've also then got to gotta to make it special. Yep.
0: Speaking of, I'm selling the A-League Grand Final, which you would know it was on. Now I'm involved in A League. This weekend, Melbourne City are playing Central Coast Mariners in Sydney. This is where they've sold the grand final to yes. Sydney. So Melbourne probably should have been hosting it. So there's, that's been a big thing this yep. year. But no, it is the grand final this weekend. You would not know it was on. No. And it's disappointing because I'm a big fan of the game. I'm involved Same. with the A-League in, at club level. So it's disappointing to see that it's on. And you wouldn't know it was on. Promotion's mm. been pretty poor, I reckon. All right, let's see what we're buying this week. You want to buy you, someone? You, what are you, your teammates? You, you go first. All right, I'll go, you first. go first. So Who are you this week, I'm going to buy Cam Smith. Now, in sport... Which Cam Smith are we talking? Golfer Cam okay. Smith. He's down to earth... This is, this is how I see sport working with personalities, particularly individual sports. Someone who wins, you like watching guys who win and play well. You like better guys who are just knockabout guys who got yep. great character. But When someone's winning and got great character and is a knockabout guy, that's a perfect combination in individual sports. And that's what we have with Smithy. Have that with Cam Smith. Won a lot of money, been a great advocate of the game and a great Australian. This week he missed a putt. Last week he missed a putt and just reminds us that he's a great guy and golf can be a very difficult sport.
1: Cam Smith for his birdie at the first. Mm -hmm. you. Just like every other golfer. Yes, every other golfer. So
0: he, that was directed at the golf ball. It was like Happy Gilmore. You're too good for your home. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's what it was great. like. So I love it. I just think to get that insight of a golfer who is an incredible, one of the best in the world, and still have that sort of approach is fantastic.
1: I love it. Now, this week, I'm going to buy my great mate, uh, Andrew Gaze, who obviously works here at SCN as well. And fortunately for me, I work alongside him every Sunday night on Bounce at Fox Footy. And this man... This man just knows how to make you laugh. Now, he gets so involved in his his shows, in his segments, and sometimes he just doesn't know what's coming out of his mouth.
2: It's when you want to test the limits of what the human capacity is. Uh, Having a competition to see who can take the biggest tick, uh, biggest (laughs) hit.
0: Now, look, I was a Melbourne Tigers <laughs> fan back in the early 90s. and I'm not sure what the team bonding was, but for me, that's probably gone too far. Ah, uh, look, he's one of the greatest men you'll
1: ever meet, Gazy, and I love working with him, but sometimes he gets his tongue tied.
0: Yeah, well done, Gazy. That's our buying and selling in the marketplace this week. Moons, you got the Cats and the Dogs tonight. Yeah, can't wait. I, I think t- the
1: Dogs are going to win this one. Uh, cats are in some trouble, and they're going to be in some real trouble for the end of the year.
0: All right, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the footy. All thanks to Little Creature. This has been the warm up. Don't forget, grab a pizza or any schooner Wednesday and Thursdays at Little Creature Geelong for just $25. Little Creatures, all creatures welcome. Stick around for Off the Bench.